Hello, my darling. Welcome to the My Own Mama podcast, where we learn to be the best caregiver we always deserved to ourselves. I believe the purpose of life is to connect, learn, and contribute. To connect to ourselves, others, and the world around us. To learn curiously and openly and have the courage to grow. And to contribute by finding our peace, joy, passion, and purpose to fill our cups so it overflows for others. The world needs feminine, transformative, healing, loving energy now more than ever. Let's expand it just by being here together in this safe space. You are safe with me, my darling, and I am trusting that I am safe with you. Welcome to My Own Mama. And I'm trusting my emotional regulation that I'm not going to go off on her. And I'm not going to be like, how dare you? And you lose my head that way and be destructive with my anger. I wanted to be productive. I wanted to be not reactive, but active. Hello, it's me. <laughs> it's Mama Monday. And I woke up this morning with things to say. Things that I really was planning on not. (laughs) And it's funny because it's episode three and here we are and I have something on my heart to share. This weekend was (laughs) eventful shall we say? Um, It's kind of funny, like part of me honestly wondered if I would even have enough to say or like, I don't know, I guess if my voice really mattered and those kinds of doubts. um, And yet I'm cultivating this relationship with creativity and output and realizing it really starts with making space. And when you can make mental space, like when I clear my head and clear my thoughts and trust in the letting go, in the nothingness, that's when inspiration tends to hit. And so I can do that. You know, I love that. That's how I harness my peace. And there's been a weather shift in Canada here. um, And so my my little morning routine has has kind of shifted into like a midday slash afternoon. It's kind of, like I said, become those tools in my toolbox that I can use. Um, but it's been less of a strict rigmarole, which is weird because it, it, it really has been my lifeline all summer. But I am at this point in my life where there's this integration piece. This, this time, it's like Liz Gilbert's Eat, Pray, Love eat, you know, she was just a glutton and indulgent and whatever, pray. She was like totally strict at the monastery doing all the things. And then love is that balance piece where you find the routine that works for you and you integrate it in your life so that you can give and receive love. So that's kind of where I'm at. Um, but I am practicing making space and allowing magic to come in and trusting that my output comes from that. So I made some space 
this weekend. I hope you had a great weekend as well. And if you can't tell, I'm stalling, but let me just jump in. Okay. Friday, I did something really cool. So Friday was like a happier time. Um, I ran a 6K run, which is the longest run I've pretty much ever run. Um, I mean, sports, you can't really measure how much you're running, but like in a jog format, you know, so it broke that barrier for me where I was like, no, I can do this. And just mentally, I was like, I can do this. Um, because in a point like where you lose everything, you know, like when you leave a relationship where you're in love with the guy for your own greater good and for his greater good, there's like this power, um, and this like confidence that happens where it's like, once you recover, obviously I was like a crumbled mess for months, but, um, post like recovery, it's like, no, like I can do a hard thing. I've been through worse. Like I think I can, I can jog 6k and I, you know, I've been working on my health. Like I said, with my PCOS and exercise has been part of that. So, um, I did the thing and I wanted to jump in the lake after. (laughs) And it's, it was September 30th at the time. Um, which well, that kind of gives away when I'm posting these, but I'll get, I'll tell you another thing. I wanted to make five podcasts before posting the first so that I have trust and belief in myself that this is going to be a weekly thing because I don't want to go back on my word. Like once I say I'll do something, I do it. Like I said, sometimes to a fault where I can't put a damn book down or whatever, even if it's terrible. I remember somebody saying that about like the Taurus energy. It's like a Taurus will start a book and not stop it, <laughs> like no matter how bad it is. And I'm like, oh my God, that's literally me. Anyway, so it was September 30th. I jumped in the lake after my run and I just felt like powerful and uh, accomplish after. And I jogged with somebody, which I don't normally jog with anybody. Um, it was out of my comfort zone to do that because I have this like irrational fear that I'm going to be so exhausted that I just slow them down and they hate me for it. Or like I ruin their workout or something, which is so silly because if I was working out with someone and they slowed down and got exhausted, that'd be fine. I'd be like, okay, cool. (laughs) Let's take a break. (sighs) So I kind of like said, you know, no judges, let's just do this, um, do the best we can. And it was fine. So that was like a powerful way to start my weekend. Um, and then Saturday, (sighs) I'm just going to say it. I had like a casual exorcism. So, okay. To give you some context, I've mentioned to you my friend Amanda from Lavender Tusk, and she has been getting her hours for for breath work. And um, breath work can be quite intense. Um, she did warn me that it would be like almost like a psychedelic experience, 
And to be honest, the timing of it just seemed perfect in that I've been wanting to connect with her for the longest time. Um, she is, she was getting hours, um, to complete her certification. So she was offering it for free. I'm like, uh, yes, I need all the therapy. This is wonderful. And, um, so I just said yes. And I had wanted to see her property. Um, she's got like a horse farm and stuff. And I was ready to let something go before leaving for Texas. Um, I was just wanting to have the lightest, freest mental state, um, emotional state, spiritual state that I could before embarking on this journey. And um, it just felt like the perfect opportunity. This is two weeks before leaving here. So... It was intense. Um, it's a unique experience for each person, but it's a two and a half hour session. And to start, it's like a grounding introductory, like explanation session. She explained, you know, like you can go into tenet, which is like your hands contort. You have like T-Rex arms and you can just, your body can contort, like all these different things. Um, and she's very reassuring, like it's perfectly safe. I will check in with you throughout and make sure you're feeling safe. If not, we can breathe back into full body consciousness and whatever. And, um, so I was like, you know what? Like I looked at her and I was like, Amanda, let's get weird because, (laughs) I just wanted to release. I just wanted to get it, get it out there. So (laughs) during the experience, it got weird. Um, (laughs) at the end, I remember her saying like, (laughs) I was like, that couldn't have been normal. Like that can't be like what you do every time. And she's like, you know, you did have the most somatic experience release I've, I've seen, but, um, no, it is very normal. Like you cry and sometimes scream and hit and whatever. And I did all of the above. And I just like in my meditation, I practice embracing feelings of discomfort and, you know, some people describe the breathwork experience almost as like a hypnosis. Like it's like a a different level of consciousness that you're experiencing and you're letting go of things. But because of my training and meditation, I was fully conscious. I was just allowing, I was allowing whatever needed to come up to come up. Um, so like what sticks out to me emotionally about the experience was my anger. I, I felt rage at one point in, in the session. And I have always had a very weird relationship with anger. And I'm sharing this because I feel like that's a common plight that women share. We have a weird relationship with anger. It's not really socially acceptable. And we are socialized to repress our anger Um, and you know, when you grow up in an emotionally dysregulated house, that is even more so, um, and lots of people do, um, lots of children are unable to set their own boundaries or to have them respected. Um, and that shifts your relationship with anger because 
it loses its function in the same way, right? Um, part of me thought I was like, I had transcended anger, you know, I'm like, why do I need it? I'm living in alignment, whatever, but anger is a human emotion and it's something that needs to be integrated, um, because you're not going to not feel it. That's like saying you're not going to get thirsty when you don't have enough water. Like you're just, it just is right. Emotions just are, they, they don't need an explanation. You feel how you feel for a reason, right? So I first realized consciously how weird my relationship with anger was when I was driving in Guelph. I was a university student at the time and a car cut me off and I felt guilty. And I was like, wait. And it was just such a stark, like, what? Like, why do I feel guilty that this asshole like cut me off and endangered my life? Um, I skipped anger and went right to guilt. So I'm not sure how long after that I was in therapy, but post breakup, I was in therapy. This is a university breakup. And my relationship with anger came up when I was telling her about this guy that I was rebounding with. I like thought I really liked, and I pretty much transferred all my feelings from my ex to this like new guy. Um, and also ended that relationship far too soon because I didn't want to cheat. Um, and yeah, I, I caused myself a lot of unneeded suffering in that situation. But so I was telling my therapist the story of Jake the snake and my roommates know this story. Well, there were four or five of us at the time living there. And basically I was, we were going to go out. We were going to go out dancing, all of us. Um, Jake was coming at my invitation. Um, we had like gone to this party and made out and stuff before. And it's so funny that I like thought of pre-drinks and going out clubbing as like a date. Like, oh my gosh, that's like the last thing I would want now. But at the time it seemed very romantic. It's like, does he like me? Like, is he gonna is he going to make a move? And that was like the romantic thought. So I had my, my roommates as my wing women, like, okay, you need to scout out, like, tell me if you think he likes me. Anyway. So he like kissed me at the party and then we go downtown and, um, apparently unbeknownst to me, he and my roommate started making out on the dance floor. I laugh now, but trust me, it was a rage, rage laugh back then. Um, and the next morning I had no idea. My other roommates were kind of like looking weirdly at me and I'm like, Oh, Hey, how's it going? Like that, whatever. I go up to my roommate's room all like happy and like, Oh my gosh. So do you think he likes me? And this girl turned it on. She was like, oh my gosh, like jumped right into girl talk like a true psychopath. <laughs> and she's like, I'm like in her bed and we're having girl talk about this guy that we both made out with last night. And she's like pretending she didn't. So anyway, um, when the truth of that came out, because there were witnesses and I'm like reeling from the reality in therapy, um, my therapist, Lindsay, she's like, so how do you feel about that classic? You know what? That is such a, that question gets a lot of heat and slack, but it's a good question. Okay. It's a fair question. How do you feel about that? We don't 
check in. Anyway, so she's like, how do you feel? And I'm like, honestly, I feel kind of angry. But then like part of my anger, I felt like it was wrong to feel that way. And she was like, yeah. And I'm like, wait, what? She's like, yeah, like I'd feel angry too. I'm like, you would? She's like, yeah, this girl like was supposed to be your wing woman. And she like took the guy that you had told her that you liked out for no reason. And she had a boyfriend too. Like it was just like double on double entendre. I don't know why I'm saying that, but I am. Um, and I'm like, oh, okay. So we just kind of worked with that. And she's like, is there something that you could say to your roommate to like set a boundary or express how you're feeling. And I'm like, no. So that took many weeks to kind of like figure out how exactly to go about it. At this point, this guy, Jake, the snake is like over hanging out with her and I'm like avoiding them like the plague. They're avoiding me like the plague. It's just become like a toxic soup situation. Also, they were really loud. Yeah that that was also a thing. So this is all like building the anger, right? So I'm talking with her and she's like, you know, would you consider talking with her about it? So one day I was like, can I talk to you about something? Great icebreaker, by the way. My hands are fully shaking. My knees are knocking. My anger is the only thing that's a little bit like fueling me. Like it's giving me some courage because I'm like, I actually am pissed at this bitch. Like, come on. And I just said to her, you know, listen, it's not cool what you did. And you knew I liked him. And, uh, and she just kind of like responded with some victimy bullshit. Like, oh, like, I wish you told me. And I'm like... I did tell you, you were my wing woman. And then, like I said, it was kind of all a blur. And I remember saying, like, just getting a little out of control and being like, we're not friends anymore. Like, that at all, this stuff didn't need to be said. I mean, it's unspoken, right? You're not going to be close with somebody that betrays you like that. Um, but that was kind of like my first time expressing my anger directly instead of indirectly. And that takes practice. But there was that relationship of being indirect with it or associating guilt with it or burying it or denying it. That was a huge one, denying it. And um, that came up specifically in my relationship with where we would like, I would just almost project on him and be like, you're so mad at me. Like, you're getting so mad. And he's like, I'm not like even mad. Like, but I was the one that was mad. Right. And then I'm the one I'm starting to gaslight him. Cause I'm like, how, like he has the audacity to feel this way when he's made me so angry. Right. And like blaming him for my emotions. That's another thing. Right. Gaslighty. And I'm like, no, like you have no right to feel that way because I feel this way. And, uh, I mean, when you really look at it, there's no good way to say that. Um, everybody feels how they feel for a reason. And I think it was just easier to say, no, you don't feel that way than to dive in to why both of us were, were feeling those two different ways. Right. So I realized at, so at one point in our relationship that I was the one gaslighting him. 
I was the one manipulating. I was the one that was angry and had like emotional regulation issues and he was suffering for it. And when I really was honest about that, when I saw that, things started to change for me. And a lot of my anger that was bubbling up to the surface was triggering from childhood wounding and patterns. And um, I really started getting to the bottom of that, specifically with the Adult Chair podcast, Michelle Chalfont. She's a psychotherapist and holistic life coach, and she gives incredible podcasts about triggering and what to do and what it means and how to explore that. And I did a lot of work on that to a point where I really did feel um, emotionally regulated in my life. And, um, and then at a certain point, I almost felt like I was released from anger. Like I had mentioned before, like I, I felt like, okay, cool. I've overcome anger because I overcame my triggers. And now I will say my anger looks very different now than what it used to. Like before it was almost like a tantrum, right? And that is like reenacting childhood wounding, right? I'm being super honest with you guys because I, I don't feel like I'm this special person that only feels this. Like I feel like if I feel it and if I had so much shame and darkness around it, then everyone feels it or at least like a lot of people do. And um, we're all in this together. So like I say, I'm here to hold that space for you. So yeah, I'm going to just be completely honest. My anger almost like looked like tantrums a lot of the time. And, um, now I almost would like skip anger in a different way because it's like the function of anger is an action. Like it's a powerful emotion. It's an action emotion. It's something's not right. Something needs to change. You, you've been betrayed or you're protecting yourself or someone you love, or like, it's a power emotion. It's a good emotion. Um, and the function is to protect, right? And this is the other side of my own mama. You know, there's that nurturing, loving, unconditionally accepting part um, that you can hold for yourself. But there's also that mama bear energy that's like, Mm-mm, no, the, you, you ain't fucking with my girl. No. And my girl being like me. <laughs> and... Um, anger is an indicator that we might need to call on some mother bear energy. So when we do that, you know, like we can get in touch about what it is that's happening, what's not okay, and figure out what you need to do and how you need to do it, right? Often it's to do with setting boundaries or affecting a change that needs to happen, right? This kind of ties into this crush that I had mentioned before because I was feeling taken advantage of, but by myself. So with my love addiction tendencies, I will get all consuming. I will want to check my phone all the time. My thoughts will re ping pong to my crush, my fixation, right? It's like my drug. It's like my hit. Um, it's my distraction from an uncomfortable reality. Um, 
it's like my projection of joy in my present moment rather than actually letting go and being in the present moment and experiencing the joy of the present moment. Like, hey, I'm sitting next to my pothos plant right now and he's so cute and he has little baby leaves and, you know, like that that's the joy of the present moment rather than like, oh my gosh, that was so hot last night when he kissed me like that or whatever, right? So in that, my mood predicates how much I would want to be touched. And it's almost like when we cross a line into like a sexual relationship, it's almost like once you cross that line, there's there's that blur of consent where it's like, oh, I can just kiss you now or, oh, I can just smack your ass or like grab your titties. And I fucking hate that. So I knew... Like I left his place one time feeling angry and being like, okay, this is information for me. I need to be honest with myself and with him about what I'm comfortable with and what I'm not. And, um, I kind of like realized that right before the breath work and during the breath work, what came up for me was this message of nobody will ever touch me against my will again. And the situation with him, of course, was just a trigger um, because I am an adult now and I do have the power and um, communication skills and honesty and integrity to communicate with him. Like, listen, I don't want you to assume that you can touch me anytime you want. I need it to be just organic. Yeah. Honestly, like you can see how hard it is for me to even express that now. And I'm not even like talking to him. Right. But it's so important to be able to set the time aside for yourself to have the communication. And we ended up having that conversation in a very different way. Like I ended up telling him last night about the breathwork experience and what came up for me, which was that no one will ever touch me against my will again. Um, and he was so like understanding and supportive and held me and was so kind. And, you know, that was my way. Like that was, that was how it came up and that's how it clicked for him. And he's like, if I ever touch you in any way that like makes you feel uncomfortable or like brings up memories for you or anything like that, like, please, please be honest with me. And I was like, okay, like you can trust me to be honest with you about that. So that's kind of like navigating. And I asked if I could wear his shirt to bed so I could smell like him. Right. And I woke up with thoughts of like, Oh, let's think about last night. Like that was so fun. But then I'm like, wait, no, 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 let's ground. I'm here in this beautiful space, this beautiful bedroom, take some deep breaths, listen to the birds and like mentally focus on the present. And I woke up with inspiration to do this podcast. So it really just starts with creating that space. Um, but yeah, so there's also room for flexibility and nuance in these conversations, right? Depending who you're having a conversation with, if they're safe, if they're loving, if they're understanding, it doesn't have to be this like strict, I'm uncomfortable when you do this and setting rules because it's hard when you do want to have this dynamic relationship with someone, um, but it takes the honesty 
from yourself to be able to communicate that with the person and so that they trust you to be honest so that they don't feel like they have to be really careful around you all the time because they don't know if they're overstepping or it's like if you could just be clear about it then you can just be and not do this like awkward thing all the time right so that situation brought that up for me in breath work and I didn't have like specific memories of um, sexual trauma and sexual abuse, but I had this overwhelming feeling of like, I, I did not have power. I was helpless and there was nothing I could have done. Um, and that makes me so angry. And I just felt the anger and I like screamed into a pillow and I kicked and I pounded the pillows next to me. and really just like embraced that feeling of like how unfair how unjust um that's not okay and not being able to to have boundaries and not having my boundaries respected and um and then I cried that was like the next part of the breath work of like I'm so sorry that you had to endure that you know I'm so sorry for this little girl that didn't have a voice. I'm sorry for this teenager who was so lost and so confused. And I'm sorry for this 20 year old woman who took all of that anger and helplessness and it turned into this dysfunctional twist of denying my own feelings almost to try and preserve this feeling of powerlessness. It's like, oh, I don't really mind that he does that because uh, it's fine. Right. And if you mentally think that it's like, you don't feel as helpless because you don't have the power. Like, so for example, Annie Letterman talks about this. She's my favorite comedian. And there is really something about like bringing comedy to trauma and just like, it's a weird combo, but she walks that line so well where, you know, um, she makes this joke of like, being if you're triggered you're being twiggered because you're being a baby like something's coming up for you that you're blaming this person and it's just like for you to figure out for yourself but she has this line where she explains this camp crush that she has and she feels the need to follow through on all the hype of like hooking up with him but she doesn't really want to when she sees him in person but then she's like well now i have to because i said i would and she just makes this joke of like ladies don't use somebody else's body to rape yourself, you know? And it is this fine line. She delivers it a lot better than me, but that, that can be your twenties. Your right. And I, and I've had girlfriends in these relationships where they feel this need to like perform or this need to give sex or give, um, like sexuality myself included, right? Like as part of your duty or part of, I don't know, like, like I say that denial of yourself where it's like, no, it's fine. Like, it's fine, but you're not really feeling it. There's that detachment. So it's almost like you trick yourself into, into allowing it or like wanting it, thinking you want it. So you don't feel so helpless, but really when you do feel that power within yourself, that you can affect change, that you can communicate, that you can be honest, then maybe you wouldn't put yourself in those situations And, or if you are in those situations, you can take that step back and say, like, I'm not feeling this right now. And that'd be totally fine. So 
I felt that sadness for that little girl and the teenager and the young 20 year old who really had to learn things the hard way, um, about emotions and even join the ranks on the other end of the spectrum, join the gaslighters and wake up, wake up to those patterns. So I now would rather be in a helpless situation mindfully than to deny my own feelings about it, you know, and when you get in touch with your intuition and stuff, hopefully you can avoid situations where you would feel helpless because maybe that little voice in your head is like, no, let's not go there or whatever. Um, but regardless, no matter what I'm feeling, I'm committed to feeling it no matter how uncomfortable. Um, you know, and that's, that also gave me strength in the breath work when I was having those like contortions and those intense, like my calves are still so sore from the, the Charlie horse, like tightness level of convulsing. And during that time, I just felt so strong. I'm like, what can't I do? I can do this. I can endure this. I can feel this because I've been through worse, you know, like even just the fact of leaving this man that I loved, leaving my life behind, starting from ground zero, like in my parents' trailer, jobless, to rising out of that and evolving out of that. And I just was like, if this is good for me, I'm doing it. And it's feeling good because I'm releasing something that has been building and has been there my whole life. Um, so I, I, I just gave into it. And um, that was my message. I grieved, you know, I was so angry for this little girl. I grieved for this little girl and I came out victorious and I came out like, no, I'm in charge now. I've got this mama bear energy and no one's fucking with me anymore. And I will share that because you have this mama bear energy in you. You've always had it. And God love you. We haven't tapped into it. We haven't been able to. Um, but now once we start becoming adults and becoming responsible for our own lives, we do have that power. We do have that voice and we can cultivate that honesty and integrity and that confidence within that self-esteem, that self-worth to be strong enough to communicate our wants and needs to ourselves first and then to others, you know, and that's scary. And that sometimes takes taking the time to reflect on like, why do I feel angry right now? Um, what can I do about it? Maybe journal like what you plan to say or how you plan to say it. When you don't feel as safe with somebody, it might take that willingness to accept their anger in response because people who deny their own feelings tend to deny yours, right? Like if somebody's gaslighting you, it's because they are gaslighting themselves and that's just their life, how they plan, how they live, right? I was that way too, but there is that level of choice at a certain, it's a lifestyle at a certain point. It's a dysfunction. Like you can't change them. You have to accept them as they are. Right. And, um, and so you almost have to like expect a negative reaction and that be okay too. And that be like almost more proof that you're doing the right thing. So it's like, if this person isn't receiving what I'm saying, well, then damn, I needed to say it even more. Right. Like 
think of it the other way around. If you're hurting somebody without realizing it, wouldn't you want them to tell you in like a gentle way? So you can be like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry that uh, that will not happen anymore or whatever. Right? Like it's no big deal. But if somebody makes it a big deal, then like I say, even more reason to communicate because that person's clearly disregarding what your needs are. So I will give you another little boundary mama bear example. I was in the bathroom at my mom and stepdad's and, uh, sugaring actually. So that's like waxing. I wanted my privacy. I needed a little more space than was in the trailer. Um, I had started when the house was empty, but then people came home while I was in the middle of things. Anyway, um, I'm in there and all of a sudden the door knob just starts turning and I was like seething. Like I was just angry because I'm like, thank God I locked that door and I have like PTSD. I always have to double check that that door is locked when I'm in the bathroom and that's strong. I mean, I don't, I don't mean to minimize other people's experience with PTSD, but it is like almost an OCD thing where I need to constantly check that the door is locked because of that, because I don't want to be intruded on. And it makes me so angry to even think about that. And, um, so I, I finished up, the door was locked. She had tried to get in my mom. And I just said like, hi, something like kind of back off. And she backed off. She's like, oh, sorry, I didn't realize you were in there. I'm like, okay. So I get out and I'm angry and I have adrenaline in me and I leave, clean up. And I knew I needed to talk to her. I needed to assert a boundary there. Um, And I did. And this, I didn't sit and journal. I didn't think and break it all down. I knew her reaction might not be positive but I was also like, at least I can share, I can communicate. So I just said to her, like when I went back in, I said, Hey, like, could you please knock before you try and come in the bathroom if the door shut? And she just went in all the defenses, right? Like, Oh, I, I didn't think anyone was in there. Uh, said no one was in there. I was just checking if you were in there. And then the story wasn't really lining up. And I'm like, you know what? Like, if I'm not in there, no harm, no foul. But if I am, that's not okay, right? I just stayed firm and I let that land and I did not over explain and I did not try and pacify or make an excuse for her. It was just, no, that's not acceptable. If I'm in there, I'm not okay with being barged in on. Period. And she was just like, okay. It's like she kind of put her hands up like, you win. <laughs> and I'm like, you know what? I'm not getting into the mind fuckery of that. All I need to know is that I've communicated what I needed to. And I do have the, the door lock as well. And now I have communicated. Um, so that was like a mama bear moment. And that's how we can like work with anger moving forward where it's like, it is this, this signal, right? And we don't often want to listen to that signal because it's a cause for un- for change that can often be uncomfortable. But here's the good thing about anger. It does help 
with the uncomfortableness. Like, do you ever notice that where if you're feeling like mad about it, you feel a little less restrained, a little less awkward. Um, so there is that flow of like, where, at what point can I ride that and like use the adrenaline of anger to override the feelings of awkwardness and, and uncomfortable discomfort? Um, like in that bathroom situation where like I'm pissed, but I know I have to have this uncomfortable conversation, but I'm going with that and I'm trusting my emotional regulation that I'm not going to go off on her and I'm not going to be like, how dare you? And you lose my head that way and be destructive with my anger. I wanted to be productive. I wanted to be not reactive, but active, active with my anger. Right. And, and use it as like communicating that this needs to change because it's not okay with me. And, um, there is that balance, that flow of like, once you can really trust your own emotional regulation, you can kind of ride that wave and do something with your anger before it becomes this tense, awkward in between. Do I say it? Do I not? Now it's been two days and it's too long. And, and then you just kind of have to deal with it again. But if it happens again, you didn't say anything before. So it makes it awkward. So anger is this emotion that like really invites us to make an action oftentimes. Right. And I know it's hard. I know it is so hard, but it gets easier. And if the person's having a negative reaction, that's even more sign that you needed to communicate that. If they have a positive reaction, amazing, amazing. That's a best case scenario. And you're both better off for it. You're doing that person a favor, um, by communicating and they, then they trust you too. It's like, this person is who she says she is, whatever. So yeah, I mean, if you do feel that call to anger, by all means, take time to yourself, journal, think about what you want to say if you need to. Otherwise, you can ride that wave if you trust yourself to communicate like as calmly as you can to just fulfill the call to action that anger is inspiring you to make. Um, like I said, the adult chair, Michelle Chalfont has so much info on this on like how to set boundaries and not over explaining and just keep it bullet point. She says like, keep it elevator bullet points, um, period. And just, you do have to sit in some discomfort and some awkwardness. Um, but anger does kind of help as a buffer for that. And also the awkwardness is at the end of the day, it's just a physiological sensation. Like you're just feeling hot. Your stomach is tense. You know, your shoulders are tight. These are, these are what awkwardness and tension and tension feel like, look like. Um, and we can endure that we've been through worse, right? Ladies, like we've been through worse. Um, and this is, this is a move for yourself, for being your own mama bear, protecting yourself, loving yourself, and in turn, loving the people who engage with us because then they trust us. And we're setting that example too. Um, that it's okay. Like I want, if you, if I set a boundary with my mom, that also tells her she can set a boundary with me by all means, please. And I've told her that before. Like if you have something that you want to communicate with me, if you need something to change or whatever, please like talk to me. I'm happy to make adjustments. Um, 
So it's a positive thing for yourself and for others to be able to tap into that mama bear energy and set your boundaries um, that you need to. And so, no, we don't transcend anger. It is a human emotion. It comes up. It's a healthy thing. Um, you feel how you feel for a reason. And the truth needs no validation. If you feel angry, great. Maybe it is triggering, but still you can explore that and or you can check in with yourself about whether something needs to change in the present or not. So anger can be a good thing. It can really spark this mama bear energy that we need in order to love ourselves and to love others. Um, I really was not planning on talking about this on, you know, touching about issues of really sexual abuse, um, or doing, doing things against your will, but doing them anyways. Um, what we allow, what we deny, uh, I really was like, I know this is part of my story, but I wasn't planning on diving into this because I wanted to keep it light. Um, but really, this is the truth. Like these are these are the life chats. This is this is what I went through this weekend that really sparked something in me that's like, it's okay to feel anger and to do something about it. And that's that's a way to be your own mama, being your own mama bear. So I feel raw and vulnerable right now, um, but I hope that sharing these stories um, can help bring some strength to someone who might need it. And I listened to a podcast yesterday with Liz Gilbert talking about with, um, forget her name, but she's Oprah's life coach. She's a big deal. Actually, no, it wasn't her. It was Brene Brown. Brene Brown and Liz Gilbert, author of Epre Love, were having a conversation on Liz Gilbert's podcast about how we, you know, it, it does a disservice to share our stories with others if we haven't done the work of healing. Like if the reception of our output is what determines the worth of it, do you know what I mean? Like if I need you to tell me, great job, Jasmine, you shared amazing. Like if I need that, then I'm taking, like it's a take energy, but this is an offering. I've done my healing with it or at least, you know, the bulk of it. And I'm sharing out of an, an overflow. So I don't need, you know, and once you release your creative output, it's no longer yours. All I can do is be honest and show up and put it out there and hope as I pray, you know, that my intentions come through my intentions of love, of showing this other side of my own mama, you know, that, that tender, loving care and that mama bear. And I hope something has resonated for you. And a big part of me trusts that it has and will because it does for me. And you and I are not so different, especially if you're here attracted to this podcast, listening to my own mama. There's something that we have deeply in common and I love you for it. So thank you so much for being here. 
Thank you for listening. Thank you for hearing. Thank you for showing up for me, for yourself, and hopefully for others. So mamas, if you hear the call, channel your she-wolf or your mama bear and do what needs to be done. I am here for you and we got this. So have an awesome week and I will chat with you next week.